It's it's all like held together by tiny little strings. An invisible string, you might say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Shane, do you get the reference? That was the Taylor Swift thing that I saw <gasps> everyone talking about, and I figured it out because I didn't know what it was, so I Googled it. Wrong. It's I a feel good like one. a fucking boomer with this shit, my God. How you know, though. Good job, Shayna. <clears throat> All right, here we go. Here we go. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Too Many Men. My name is Allison Lucan. And as always, I am joined by our style queen, who actually just made my day by telling me that in a day when I didn't think I actually looked presentable, that I did. So this is a woman who will take care of you when you most need it. The incredible, brilliant, and we're going to get to a lot of reasons why today, Sarah Sivian. Sarah, how are you? Oh, I'm I'm good. The hair is looking highlighted and I'm a fan of that. It's glowing. You're glowing. Um, I am exhausted. I've been writing so much and just staying up really late to write. And I really, it's all for good. And there's good stories coming up that I'm excited to share with everyone, but it's just like pretty tiring. Well, we're here to wake you up for a little bitty, for a little mm-hmm. bitty. We would not be too many men without one of the leading minds in league analysis. This is someone who's coming out with pieces to read about who's driving the trade market, coaching changes, team changes, and knows it all before you even have to ask the question. It's the athletics, Shana Goldman. Shana, say hi. Hi. How are you? I'm good. My brain feels better now that we're on here. It was like buzzing all day. There's just too much going on. And now we're here and it's like, it's nice. (laughs) Perfect. Perfect. Well, let's get right to it. We have a lot to discuss. Sarah, what time is it? Biddle news. (laughs) An intro is coming. It's just that I'm on the road and, and the rest of the pieces coming together are coming there in process. Okay. Anyway, let's get to it. We have um, some lighter bit of, bit of news as we'll start there and then we'll get into the heavy stuff at the end. Um, first, a little fun. We always love to see this um, coming out of a bit of an illness crisis in Calgary. They had to sign an e-bug. Dustin Nickel comes into signing a contract with the team, probably just a one-day situation, but sits on the bench, almost has to come in when Dan Vladar has a bit of a moment um, when he's playing in that game. Doesn't get any ice time, but had a lot of fun with it. Was great after. Shana, don't we just love to see an e-bug regardless of whether or not they come into the game? It's just like an element of excitement that nobody expects. And then like, it's chaos. I feel like if you're a fan of a team, you probably hate it if your team has the e-bug because you're like, oh shit, how's this going to go? But it's just, it's so fun. It's such an experience for that person. Like, I think that's the part, like, first of all, the name Dusty Nickel, top notch. Second of all, just the way he seemed to enjoy every part of the process. Like, I love that for him. How many times in your life are you going to be able to say, hey, I saw an NHL bench and he just got to do that. Awesome. Sarah, did you get to see this or did you find out about it after? What was your reaction? Oh, I found out about it after and I was eating it up. Of course, these stories never get old to me. Like, I don't care. I think I could hear all of them every day. It's the one weird NHL rule that I hope never changes. <laughs> of uh, course, we, we'll get rid of it because it's fun right. and we like it. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Well, you know what they could do is they could say you can sign an emergency goaltender, but then they must play that. 
Would and how long is the con like the contracts like a one day contract? Like how would it work? Well, I think well, I think what they do is they sign them to a contract, but then they like waive slash terminate the contract. It's not like a special contract or it's a PTO, I think. So yeah. Okay. Um, but speaking of contracts, beautiful transition, Shana Goldman. Uh, we have a new one in the NHL. Um, a lot more people cared about this than me, but I guess it's news. Um, Patrick Kane, who I'm just going to say underwhelmed um, me last season when he was supposed to be one of the big pieces that went to the Rangers at the deadline um, coming off hip surgery has made his decision, like apparently bequeathed his greatness upon some <laughs> deserving team signing a one-year contract for 2.75 million in Detroit. I'm a little disappointed in Daniel Sprong, not being more adamant about demanding something in exchange for the Jersey number, get your, get your bag there Spronger. I know you can do it. Um, but I, I'm a wait and see mode on this. I don't know what Patrick Kane can do. We know this was serious surgery. Didn't think he was great. Um, even before the end of last season, Sarah, is this the big move that the Red Wings need? Is this just a little bit of flash and fun? What do you think is going to happen as a result of this signing? I mean, it can't be the big move the Red Wings need, but I don't think the Red Wings really necessarily needed a big move to begin with. I feel like they had a rough patch, but now they're figuring it out and they started off strong. So I feel like it's kind of, they went through their adversity for the season. I mean, they might go through it again, literally who the hell knows, especially with the goaltending situation. You just like, that's the most uncertain part of all of this to me. Um, I don't, I don't know especially with the surgery as serious as this, you see athletes get it and a lot, no offense. Like it's, it sucks. I don't want to speculate on injury. Maybe he does come back and it's great, but like there's not a great probability that he comes back and it's great. And I don't know if it really depends on deployment and how they use him. It's like, if they expect him to eat all these big minutes and play the two way game and be that impossible player to play against, he was in his prime. They're not going to get that, but if they're going to need, help on the power play. I mean, he wasn't the reason the Red, the Red the Rangers didn't win the playoffs last year, but he's didn't like push them over the edge as could have been anticipated. So your best players still need to be your best players and you can't really count on him to be your best. They've had some power play woes, right? So maybe he can come in and be that kind of X factor. I love that, Sarah. And, you know, Shana, this is we we are on record of not being uh, Patrick Kane fans, particularly yeah. for his off ice action. But was the hype too big around this? It is not in question that obviously on the ice, Patrick Kane has done note past tense great things. But I feel like we were past the great time in his career, as happens with all athletes as they age or undergo significant injury like Patrick Kane did. Was this overhyped? Is this going to hurt more than help Detroit? I think it was overhyped because you have so much uncertainty with the hip injury. And then you have so much uncertainty for someone that's 35 years old. Put the two together and you really don't know what you're getting. And it's hard to hold last year against him knowing how hurt he was. First playing on such a bad Blackhawks team, then clearly having injury problems in New York. But it, it's also like you need to temper your expectations on what you're getting I think that what helps the Red Wings is that they don't need him to be the guy. They have Alex Dabrinkat. They have Dylan Larkin for that. They have Raymond and Perron, and I feel like those are the guys to prioritize. But I think he would have been better off in a on a team that could support him and hide the weaknesses we know he has. Like, 
in at his best, he was bad defensively. At his best, he doesn't have a ton of foot speed. And now you're adding the aging and the injury. Like not everyone can come back from a hip, hip injury. It's so rare. And it's not just in hockey. Like even we see in like tennis, like Andy Murray had the same surgery. It took him years to come back. And it wasn't, oh, it's usually, I don't want to say usually, oftentimes it's not a one-off thing. Nick Backstrom had to have numerous hip surgeries. Going back to Murray, the man has a metal hip because the resurfacing wasn't enough. Like there's there's so much we don't know about the body and how a player is going to respond to it. But I think the biggest thing is kind of if the Red Wings can understand those limitations and work around them instead of forcing things like the Rangers did and galaxy braining every decision, they'll be fine. If they go, we need to make Alex Brinkett and Patrick King click again, and we're going to put them in every single situation to do it, you have a problem. But if they go, we need someone to really quarterback the power play because we have our issues, maybe there's an answer here, but be willing to accept if he's not the answer and keep going from there. Tennis cross stream with hockey, the Shayna Goldman experience. We love it. <laughs> now but we she- just need some wrestling for that trick. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and we had Taylor Swift before all this. So we're really covering all oh, of our bases right we're now. Living, we're living in the too many men universe. I love it so much. So are <laughs> right. the Maple Leafs, right? <laughs> with that, look, I'm telling you, if there is not a too many men call after all the ones that Toronto has been getting and I'm in that damn building tomorrow or today as you all are listening to this, I'm going to lose my mind. But anyway, That's, I, I it, it has. It's happened. Come so through, much. Austin. Come through for me. Please. Get out of count. <laughs> All right. There's one last bit of, of on ice news. And um, this one was underwhelming to me. Um, with respect, uh, the Wild have always not played the most exciting brand of hockey, but they have found ways to be effective. Uh, they were struggling this year. That was not the case. And they had lost, I believe it was seven in a row. And we know that they are cap strapped and were unable to really make significant roster changes to kind of hype up any sort of thing that might change the trajectory of the team. So they did decide to make a coaching change. Okay, fine. I get it. That's textbook. That's what you have to do. But they brought in, wait for it, John Hines? Sarah, I was like, you're going to make a change and this is what the change you make with all due respect to John Hines, the human. I just don't see this as the tactical magician or big oomph that you might expect to help the team get back to the next level. Now they did win their first game, which is often the case with the coaching change, but what do you make of this change? Believe in it or think the wild missed the mark on this one. It just feels like John Hines's track record is exactly what the wild are trying to avoid. And it's the exact kind of mediocrity that it is so frustrating about the wild, but I don't know. I do feel like if you're going to make a coaching change, why don't you just swing for the fences and see what happens, especially with a wild team like this. That's just, they need something so fresh that they are just not getting. Absolutely. I was not surprised Shayna to see that the part of the explanation was that the general manager of the wild Bill Guerin was like, Oh, but I've worked with John Hines before. So of course I'll bring this in. Um, We've talked about the coaching carousel before, You've already written on this and done some extensive analysis. Tell us what the deal is in this move. Yeah, it very much feels like Bill Guerin and the Wild are like, we know something, we like it, and that's what we're going to stick to. And that's the theme of so many things that they've done. Like, look at the contract extensions this year. Like, Felino, everyone I think was saying, like, maybe they'll trade him, maybe they'll clear cap. And they're like, we know Felino, we like him, here's money. Ryan Hartman, we know you, we like you, here's money. And that's always how it goes. And it's the same here with Hines when 
it just is an underwhelming move. Like you said, you know, this is a team that needs offense. That's what they need, period, the end. They have a defensive identity. And I know this year it might seem like they've gotten away from that because their penalty kill is complete shit. And in that regard, they did. But at five on five, the goaltending's the problem, not not the defense. So while I don't think it's a bad move to bring in a new coach here, I do think that they went for the wrong guy because I think they probably are looking at it like, hey, Heinz can bring back us back to our defensive strengths. And, you know, he's known as a defensive coach, but I don't think he's very effective at that. I don't think he was very great with it in New Jersey. I don't think he was very good with it in Nashville. And you just look at this team and go, you need a coach who's going to bring a spark, who's going to maybe try to build a rush-based offense, which is what you really need to compete in today's game. And it's his is all about, you know, grinding down the opponents and letting role players play bigger roles than maybe they should. I feel like Minnesota has enough of that, but it's too on brand for them to say, let's keep with the same thing that we know. Even if it works, it doesn't work. At least we know it. At least we're comfortable with it. It's like the Bill Guerin experience, and that's what's hurting the team, <laughs> along with the fact that they have $14 million in dead cap space, and the space they did have to work with, they used in weird ways too, like extending Marcus Johansson. Like, what are we doing here? It's going to be interesting to watch, but it is that time of year when we see the changes come through. And this is now the second one made in the NHL. And we'll see if there will be more and if it actually works. Uh, transitioning to off the ice, a couple of stories that um, caught our eye and and probably caught yours too. First, um, I was really impressed with how this was handled and, and the honesty that came with this. But Colorado's Sam Girard um, has left the team. Um, and he announced, as did the team, that uh, he's going into the player assistance program. And then the player was really open and honest and talked about how he'd been struggling with some issues with anxiety. And that had led to maybe some dependence on alcohol that he didn't necessarily um, want to continue and knew wasn't healthy. And he's away from his team right now. There's obviously an on ice impact. But more importantly, I just wish Sam Gerard all the best. And I think it's awesome that we're moving towards this place where players can feel more and more comfortable sharing when they need help and getting help and, and, and further being comfortable, being honest about what he was struggling with. Sarah, we've talked about this. This is a cause near and dear to your heart. What was your reaction when you saw this news? Yeah, that was huge in his delivery of it. I like that. He said he was proactively addressing the issue because you don't have to be at rock bottom to seek help. And certainly if you're noticing a pattern, that could be leading you down a dark road. You should really reach out. And the fact that they have these programs and we're utilizing them now and the league is kind of being more transparent with it is great. Did you guys see Sam Darling on the- um, Scott Sam Darling. Darling. Scott yeah. Darling. Jesus <laughs> Christ, wake yeah. up, wake up. Um, he said, they don't help you at all. I don't know. Scott has always been really talkative and he hasn't been- in the league in a few years. I hope that things have changed now and it seems like things are trending for the better. So I'm going to stay positive about that, but I'm curious to see some of the protocols and stuff from players that have maybe gone and come back if anybody wants to open up. Yeah, I saw Scott's comments too. And I think, and I can't remember, do you guys remember, did, because sometimes a player can elect to go into the program and sometimes the team is kind of urging that decision or making that a necessary path was was that scott's decision or was that the team i cannot remember do you remember? I believe I it was scott's. Okay. i believe it was scott's i mean he was okay. bouncing around um kind of the minors and the nhl and just kind of struggling and did it so good yeah, for him and now he has a stand-up career i don't know like he seems like he's in a good place but i'd like a little more 
detail on that and like his suggestions for, okay, like what can be better? Yeah, I, I definitely am with you. I, I His comments are concerning and I applaud him yeah. for raising his concerns and hopefully it's gotten a better Shana, your reaction to, to this player stepping away to take care of themselves first and foremost. It's the most important thing. I know people will be like, well, on the ice and well is cap and you don't get really, I don't care about any of that. Like, and I know some people be like, what you play in the NHL? What could you have to worry about? Like you have a lot of things to worry about. Like, I don't know, even just on the ice and how dangerous the game is. You can have anxiety over it or people constantly throwing shit at you. If you're not measuring up to your cap hit, if your name's constantly in trade speculations, there's a million reasons why. And that's just from playing in the NHL, let alone your actual life off the ice, which players yeah. who knew had. So it's really important that he's doing the right thing for him. And, you know, it's always nice to see when teams support that most importantly. Yeah. You also don't need a reason. Sometimes your brain is just wired a little bit differently and it's like, it shows other people that, okay, if somebody so strong on the ice can be dealing with this stuff, then okay, I can get help too. Maslow's hierarchy of needs, people, whatever your biggest concern is, is equal to another person's biggest concern, even if they aren't the same concern. It's very, very real. Um, Well, speaking of, of, concern um we're going to delve into this one and spend some time and if you haven't i'm just going to say i really encourage you to check out in particular sarah's twitter um feed over the past couple days about this i thought sarah you were so eloquent um in pointing out a lot of the issues surrounding this story not just the actual story itself let's stick to the story first and then we'll talk about the noise that came around it but um, going back to last week, um, Corey Perry was removed from action with his team, the Chicago Blackhawks, and there was some mystery around why, but both the team and the player made statements that he was going to be on leave and stepping away. And then on Tuesday, the Blacks, <clears throat> excuse me, the Blackhawks announced that they were going to be putting him on waivers for the purposes of terminating his contract due to an internal issue. Um, conflict within the organization and trying to move forward. Um, I'm going to say this, and I have seen a lot of the dialogue on Twitter. Chicago still has a lot of work to do to prove to me that they are not the organization that let Kyle Beach go through fucking hell. Um, One good action doesn't absolve a lot of terrible history. However, in this moment to see an organization, particularly in hockey, provide a space where an internal concern could be voiced. And then on top of that, to see an organization in this industry take action um, is pretty significant. And I think that that is a step that Chicago took. And in that moment, it impressed me. I'm certainly not now going to say Chicago's great and everything's fixed. A lot of work for them to do for me. But in that moment, I was very impressed. Uh, Let's talk about the actual facts of the situation first, then we'll get to the noise around it. Sarah, we've watched this unfold. It seems to me, while frustrating to us, that if if this is an internal, it sounds like HR-related issue, it makes sense for a lot of reasons that we in the public will never know all the details. Did we get enough information, and what do you think of how the Blackhawks handled it? Yeah, I can totally see why people want transparency from the Blackhawks specifically. And I don't think you're a bad person or you're not smart or media literate for not be for wanting answers and for assuming the worst. I mean, with the punches this league throws at us day after day, especially this franchise multiple times, it's kind of 
I can see why we have distrust and that we want answers and we want justice, but you have to look at every situation as a case by case thing. And as more information reported by Emily Kaplan came out the other day that it involved, as you said, a team employee, it's kind of, there's two parties involved and you don't, sometimes when a rumor, I mean, we'll talk about the noise surrounding it, but I, I think there are reasons we are not privy to certain information and investigations are investigations. I will say they did take him off the ice and pulled him right when they found out about what was happening and they did an expeditious um, investigation. Then they caught him. I mean, I who knows exactly what happened and what the details are again, but the fact that they removed him from the team is huge when a thorough and quick investigation happened. And I'm I'm not going to pat them on the back. You're right. I guess I kind of am. But these are different people than the last Blackhawks organization. And Davidson did say in his meeting that he, well, he obviously looked shaken up. And I, I don't think, like, I think he's a good person and he was put in this position and it comes with extra responsibility. And he did say that, um, he has a responsibility now to be more transparent than maybe other teams too, and that he takes it extremely seriously. And transparency isn't necessarily with people on Twitter and the fans. It's like with your own organization. Because when you talk about transparency, it's not we needed to know every detail about what happened to Kyle Beach. Kyle Beach needed support within his own organization. So that's where the word transparency kind of has gotten misconstrued, I think. Yeah. And Shane, I was going to ask you about that too. You know, again, listen, this does not make the Blackhawks perfect. This does not make the Blackhawks, does not mean the Blackhawks will handle everything well going forward. They could do there. There is still an open lawsuit related to the events around Kyle Beach. And now another player, currently John Doe has come out, but to that point, you know, we have all been in situations and, and unfortunately maybe a lot of our listeners have too, when I think about what it took for an internal employee of a hockey team, whoever that employee is to have to speak out against a player, I don't know that I have the words for the risk that you could feel internally. And so to protect that individual or the individuals who came forward to Sarah's point is paramount to me than the public knowing the details. I mean, we've seen in other sports when any kind of report comes up that people search all the employee lists and try and figure out who the person was. And that that's terrifying to me. Um, we talked about how Kyle Davidson did seem to be taking this seriously. That was our read on his press conference. And maybe he's the best actor in the world. I don't know. But um, where are you with Kyle Davidson and what your read is on what the Blackhawks did? I think the bar is incredibly low for the Blackhawks. I think the bar <laughs> is incredibly low for many NHL teams. Um, but I think that they handled this the right way so far. And it's the right way that they should be handling it for those involved. And that's all that matters. And I don't know if all this will ever be fully public. And if it isn't, it might be okay because it does seem like, look, they found a problem. This is a team that brought in all these veterans to, to emphasize culture and build up the team the right way and support the young players. And one of these veterans that they brought in for that reason, there's a problem with, they, like Sarah mentioned, removed him from the team had the investigation, got the results of the investigation and acted on it and found that the person that was in the wrong is no longer 
with the team. It no longer has the privilege of being an NHL player with the Chicago Blackhawks. Like that right there seems like a step in the right direction. And some people were upset. I know like, why well, have that press conference? If you're not going to give more information, they did give information. You just had to like read between the lines. There was a situation. They handled it. And when they can put more details out there, they will. Once you heard that report from Emily Kaplan that a team employee was involved, that right there, full stop, should have told you everything you needed to know. There's another person in this and you can't divulge this information just yet. For one, their protection and privacy. And two, like every other detail of it, they might still be working out more. You know, they might be trying to build up their investigation even more. That might have just been a preliminary one that had enough information to give them the answer of, you know, removing Corey Perry. So, and the other part of the press conference was to kind of stop the noise that was going on, which protects the players that the noise involved unnecessarily because someone ran with what a rumor account said. So the situation, it felt like got so much messier than it needed to be. And part of it is the fact that the Blackhawks were involved in the first place. Absolutely. Because none of us trust them, rightfully so. But on the other hand, you know, this situation just blew out of proportion with a rumor and I think everything else just looked that much worse as a result because if the team could the team have come out sooner and said that rumor's not true absolutely maybe they should have but they still did within the same day and I, I think that's the biggest gripe you could have with them right now that they didn't get ahead of that sooner but there might have been a reason for it because maybe they wanted to ensure that they could keep everyone else's name private that was involved in the situation like I think that comes first and foremost because like you said who knows the backlash a person involved in this could get when it has to do with something, you know, a player losing their job over it. People are deranged with this stuff and will always twist the blame around even if they don't know anything. You don't need that. So let's get into it, Sarah. And this is, again, I encourage everyone to go back and look at Sarah's Twitter feed about this. But around the silence, to Shana's point, um, some random account decided to start a rumor that the reason Corey Perry was away from the team, and it, I hate that I even have to articulate this, was that Corey Perry slept with Connor Bedard's mother during the mom's trip that had just concluded. First of all, Connor Bedard is 18. Connor Bedard is in his first year in the NHL. To put this out is awful. It is ugly, particularly to put out any unsubstantiated report is awful. But I'm going to read your tweet and and then we can go off from here. Uh, this is what you said. Um, Brock McGillis tweeted out, some of y'all act like you're a moral compass and then you're quick to tweet rumors regarding the mother of an 18-year-old and one of his teammates. He's a kid and he's likely to see it. Maybe you're not as good of a person as you think you are. And Sarah said, I agree, but also can we think of the mother as a human with her own dignity and brain and body who this is happening to? Can we imagine how she feels and can that be enough? And the misogyny underneath everyone thinking this was funny and hilarious and implying that the mother of a teammate is just going to be starstruck by respectfully Corey Perry and sleep with him. The more this went on, the angrier I got, not just because of the lack of the quality of the reporting, but also the glee that people took in basically tearing down a woman at the expense of humor, share what has come to light as you really ponder this and work through this. It was just, so what do I want to say? There's <laughs> on, people don't even realize they're doing this. And I had a talk with Brock, like he's one of my really good friends. And it's just one of those things that when you call certain things out, like misogyny in a society, there are going to be things that you gently, you have to go in 
realizing we live in a society, we live in patriarchy, and it's like these things happen secondhandedly and by accident, and you have to treat people well-meaning people with grace and Brock obviously means well and Connor did not deserve to go through this either but just the way that everybody was saying oh Connor's only 18 it just reminds me of like Stacy's mom or it reminds me of like kids on the playground that when there was like an attractive mom it would be like oh you yeah the milf like you'd make fun of a kid and it's like why do you have to shame this woman is just existing and suddenly she's in these rumors and that's why the blackhawks shouldn't have never touched that never have addressed it she is just existing that first of all people are not going to believe the blackhawks second of all it just drags her into it even more when it's like you could when a rumor is so how do we tackle fake news especially on a platform like some of the reasons people believe this in the first place is because the person had a blue check mark and it's just how it is (laughs) yeah things get propelled and circulated and there's like fake conversations and group chats and stuff and it's you can fabricate stuff so easily so there's just the way even like obviously the misogynistic jokes that were in bad faith, but then the good faith that's like, let's think about Connor and the kid. It's like, let's think about this mom who did not ask for any of this. And she's a person. And it just reminds me of not to make things about me, but I I have a unique perspective of this on multiple fronts, whether I'm like getting privy to it and a situation that didn't involve me or whether there's something that directly involved me, like in Pittsburgh when I was sexually harassed by my boss and he told somebody else that was reported that my tits would look good on channel seven. And then you have official penguins news outlets saying his hits would look good on channel seven, like making me the butt of the joke indirectly. And I had to laugh at it at the time because it's like, well, you don't have a choice. You're just brought into this thing that you didn't do. People are going to think of you a certain way and like, there's nothing you can do about it. So I just had empathy for, um, I don't know her name, sorry, but um, Connor's mom. And I think with my, in hindsight, I kind of wish the whole thing was more quiet in my situation. And there were situations we remember with the hurricanes a few years ago where the situation was quiet and it blew over way quicker than something like this may like we're going to be thinking about this probably for a while and it's just like why do you want people to speak out like think about the victim think about the internet and how you might be operating in good faith but there's so many bad actors and think about people that are caught in the crossfire and honestly do you you want the tea like i wanted the tea i wanted to know what happened but not at the expense of a victim and i'm not gonna feign morality with that like i there are two separate things i'd like to know what happened out of my own gross curiosity which is pretty shameful to admit like but it's it's something the reason people hide behind thinking it is justice being served on social media is kind of because it is shameful to admit that you want to know the hot but it's human but it is like that's the thing you all admit that yourself for that you can't kick yourself for saying there's this huge potentially spicy story we all want to know what it is but there's a difference between wanting to know and then running with something fake or going off and like trying to like find that you waited patiently to find out what you know and you didn't run rampant 
with speculation, there's a huge difference between that. So like, I don't, is it shameful that we all want to know everyone's business? Of course, to a point, but like, that's human. That's okay. But there's just such a difference between that and what circus went on yesterday. And in an official account, adding legitimacy to anything like that is, it's a mention it, it adds legitimacy and it makes people wonder. And I don't, there are so many possibilities that could have happened in the past, might happen in the future, could happen in the present, that it's like going on record and legally like saying something is not about people's personal lives. And one of them doesn't even have anything to do with the team. It turned out that wasn't even the case, as we all said and found out during the investigation. But I want to talk about also the media's role in that. Like, it's not being reported by the Blackhawks. It's being reported by Emily Kaplan. It's being reported by the, the legitimacy of the press. But the way People are asking, why did there need to be a press conference? Did that add more fuel to the fire? But yet they're wanting people to deny things. I, it's ask yourself why you want to know these these things. But the fact that a independent reporter, independent of the Blackhawks, asked if there was any legitimacy to the Bedard family rumors, that needed to happen so that Davidson could shut it down. This is how... I don't think there's any shame in not knowing how these things work. I don't think I knew how something like that would have worked until not even I was in the media, but till situations surrounded me where things like this were happening. And it's like, you can't legally comment that unless somebody asks. So this is where media and an outlet or a official team need each other. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And again, that's a good point. I don't think I don't think it's wrong for people to want to know what's going on, particularly with this organization. As we said, the Blackhawks have earned the right to be questioned when stuff isn't talked about. But, you know, again, I just I think about the individuals involved and I think about what it must have felt like to go through whatever was gone through and then to have to say, am I going to choose to speak up against a very real power structure that exists in this game? And protect that human at all costs. And, you know, I, I hate that I'm even saying this, but if if this individual who had to do this was, was, I hate when people do this, but was your friend or your family member or your loved one, you would intimately understand why this needs to be protected. And Chicago did what it seems like they had to do. Right. And they did it relatively quickly. And had they done it quicker, as some people have have you know, said they want, why wasn't this done quicker? Why didn't we find out sooner? Would you prefer them to half-ass it so we have something else to shit on them for? Like, I don't want to sound like I'm like the fucking Blackhawk supporter right now or Kyle Davidson, but I'm just trying to be logical about it, right? Like, had they done, they were, I think we're very quick and very efficient with the situation handling it. And they didn't let anything, they didn't let Corey Perry stay around the team either, which I think Mm -hmm. is pretty important and different from years past. It felt like they tried to get out ahead of something as quickly as possible, give us the information that everybody wanted to know, and protect Bedard and his mom by ending rampant speculation that people went absolutely hog wild with that should have never happened. Like, I don't, I don't know. I get it. You want to know more, but like, give it time before you, you like. We all need to have an element of patience, and I know in like 
today's world, we want everything right now at our fingertips. Like that's just not the reality of it. So I don't know. It just feels like the situation got so out of hand in a way I can't even believe it did. You know, like think about the trade deadline. How often do we hear leading into the trade deadline? Don't believe anybody unless they have, it was blue checks. But then we all knew we lost them. So maybe make sure it's people you follow. Set up push notifications for you know, yep. bigger accounts around that. Be careful. Double check. Click. Take one extra second to make a click. Like, or I don't know when it has any. It's not even like this was an account that's pretending to be like Darren Drager with one misspelled letter that might have mistaken it. It's an account that when you see it, you know, it's just a rumor account that I don't know why anyone gave it the time of day ever. Like, I just don't get it. And I don't know if some people thought it was funny to just start making jokes and didn't believe it off the bat. And then that's how it escalated versus people believing it i just don't get it sometimes like i feel like some of us are logical enough to know when to read things when to ignore things when to scroll past things like i just don't get how this blew up the way it did unless everyone just figured because it's the blackhawks let's just lose any sense of common like any common sense that we have i just don't get it well and again i think there's an understand a miss oh sorry go 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 i think there's an honest misunderstanding. And that's why we keep prefacing like, okay, we don't want to carry water for the Blackhawks, but it's like a lot of people just don't know how this stuff like works and it's just not their job to know. And I think it's a lot of people that we like and we follow and people that are on the right side of history and mean well. So I think generally, yeah, they want to hold, there's a, a culture online of holding people and things accountable that sometimes loses the plot a little bit where yeah. it's like, okay, do we really want to hold what, how do we hold this person accountable? And that is by making a tangible thing happen, not getting all the details on twitter.com. Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes airing things out is important. And again, I just encourage people to really think about what you were willing to accept if you thought that was a funny joke or was a legitimate rumor is that you literally thought that a player would think so little of a teammate's mother that they would go after them and or that a team a player's mother would be so clueless as to the impact on team dynamics or to the impact on her relationship with literally her child her child to, who is meant to be the next great superstar. Let's destroy it right. year one. And let's let's be clear. It is obvious that that family has put in a lot of work to understand how to be prepared for what his talent has brought upon him from a PR perspective. The entire family has, not just the player. And I just, the assumptions people were willing to make and the underlying accusations about this woman's character are just a lot. So um, friends, except that sometimes we we don't get to know everything in the sake of protecting people. It is okay to want to hold people and organizations accountable, particularly if they haven't earned that based on past actions. But um, be diligent in what you're willing to accept and believe and be even more diligent in understanding why something might not be as funny as you think it is because it's not. Yeah, and understand uh, why things happen the way they do. Like, I don't know, read the last statements. Uh, sentence of his statement that said I'm going to be open and honest as I can be given the situation and out of respect for those involved that right there should have told you everything you needed to know that it can't like I know everyone was so all over that press conference and it felt like that detail was just 
brushed over to focus on other shit. And I, I just don't get it sometimes. I do get it because like there's too much going on and whatever. Like, but that 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 I would have uh, tried to hone in on a little more. Well, let's move on. Um, we have, of course, we have to do this and we'll do it quickly. But I am in Toronto. The center so of the Shana, universe. So Shana, what time is it? It's time for how does it affect the Leafs? Just very quickly, um, some big losses on their blue line. John Klingberg going on long-term IR. Mark Giordano is hurt now as well. Um, and this is an organization that has been looking for defensive improvement even before they lost those two players. Um, but it is Toronto. It is the Leaves. So what do we think is going to happen with these two losses? And it sounds like the league is going to keep a very close eye on Klingberg's status as well, as they do with all teams um, that seem to be potentially trying to maximize LTIR recapture or use for postseason play. Sarah, what do you say about the Leafs status, particularly defensively right now? They should have seen it coming. Like I just, they, Klingenberg, even though, or Klingenberg, sorry, my best friend's name is uh, Drew Klingenberg. Um, his sister was on the national women's uh, soccer team. Anyway, <laughs> Klingenberg was regressing last year and now obviously he's a non-factor on LTIR but it was just kind of like not you get what you deserve that's really harsh and he had he deserved to have maybe a redemption arc that was not kind of the player that they needed to begin with they needed kind of a defense first defenseman and now none for you none for you none for you and the goaltending situation has not been good they're having a mid-off so I don't know what they want to do about that. Dana, what say you about the status and the futures of the Leafs this season? It feels like they have a lot of offseason moves to correct. And it's it's like you didn't need to do any of this. Like, I can't stop looking at the situation with Klingberg and going, you signed him for $4.5 million for one year when you could have easily known he was bad, even on a good defensive team, when you had Eric Gustafson on your team, who you acquired last deadline, and you let walk, who signed for $825,000 with the Rangers. I don't get it. What was the move there? If you needed someone to move pucks, there he was for cheap. So, like, who could have seen this coming after their offseason? And they still don't have a third-line center. Max Domi isn't it, in my opinion, at all. So they just have a lot of work to do, and they're lucky if they have cap space to do it. But the Giordano injury just added a wrinkle they didn't need. Like, they needed someone to alleviate his workload because they're running this man into the ground. And now he's injured. So you might have to replace two players. And another GM, I would think, hey, maybe it'll be smart. Call Columbus, find some friends and make this work. But I feel like they're going to be so, I feel like someone like Tree Living might be so focused on Atanov or Zadorov because he knows them well. And I just don't think that's, I think that could be one of the moves, but I feel like they're going to have to overpay for them because everybody knows like when a GM has a connection with the player and wants them. So good fucking luck, Toronto. <laughs> Well, we're going to move on. We have a little bit of hockey talk, and we're actually going to turn our hockey talk into our favorite episode ending game as well. But real quickly, um, wanted to talk on two quick points. Um, I'll let you, Sarah, go first. And the Florida-Ottawa game, the, the Kachuk Bowl, <laughs> was a whole-ass vibe. A bazillion penalties. We've all seen the video of the call of everyone on the ice gets a 10-minute game misconduct. Honestly, it was so chaotic. I just loved it. It was so much fun. What did you make of Kachuk Bowl 
episode one, 2023. I just love when teams like the senators, it's like, you know what? Fuck it. We might as well lean into it. Like, obviously this game is a disaster. We're not going to save it for the next game and we're not going to come back. Let's all, you get a game misconduct. You got a game misconduct. You got Paul Murray's counting people on the, on the bench. The bench was so clear. You could do a cartwheel on it. I love that. Mrs. Kachuk said, first of all, grandma Kachuk was in the house and imagine you go all the way to Ottawa to watch your grandsons play and they both get kicked out. I'm sure she loved it though. I've, I've seen that lady out and about and she (laughs) is an absolute gem in in Florida. And she seems, it all makes sense. I like what an electric family God, but (laughs) The mom says they're not allowed to fight, but they can yell at each other. And they did yell at each other. And it was such a big brother, little brother moment where, God, I feel this dynamic in my family all the time. where like Matthew's chirping and laughing his like ass off at Brady and Brady's getting legitimately angrier by the second. He's like actually mad. And they like went back and forth and then they're yelling between the benches. It's just hilarious. Like one of the reasons you just love this sport, in my opinion. <laughs> I just, I laughed thinking of all things. It was so great. Shayna, what was your favorite part? It was funny when the Zach McEwen elbow, was it, happened? I was like, I didn't like that at all. And I was kind of curious, like, how do you react if you're Brady Kachuk? If do you go like, that's dirty? Do you, do you, can you say like, dude, don't do that? If you do, it's like, well, that's your brother. You're biased. Like, how does that work? And then Matthew gets up and immediately they start going on. It's like, oh, that, that's how you handle it. That's the sibling <laughs> way, which I love and respect everything about it. Um, and like you said, Sarah, the way Brady's getting more mad and you could see it like it's it was the perfect big brother, little brother dynamic. Everything about it was pure chaos. Like, was the game itself good? No, no. But <laughs> if you kept it on because the other option was Boston Columbus or. Which was actually a good game. I see that that was the only one I caught the highlights later. I had the Ranger Sabres up. That's what, what I had opposite. So um, like it wasn't a great game and I'm glad I kept it on just by chance. Um, and it delivered like you had to watch it to the end and it was funny like we were watching it rich walks upstairs and every two seconds i'm yelling like this one just got thrown out and paul reese is gonna and he's like what am i missing like you can't walk away it's just like last night's leafs panthers like sometimes you actually you have to let things play out if you go away too soon you're gonna miss the best parts well you were watching the rangers shana so i'm gonna turn this around on you real quick for our last bit of hockey talk and that is the jacob truba situation i am obviously a little biased um, because it was a hit by him that took uh, andre burakovsky out of the kraken lineup earlier this season but i'm sure we've all seen the clip right now it i know there's multiple angles people but i've seen players find more or punished more for less the rule is you have to be in control of your stick at all times And Jacob Truba takes basically a swing at Trent Frederick's head. I know there's an angle with Trent Frederick's arm involved. And the result is that Jacob Truba is fined $5,000. Too much? Too little? Is Jacob Truba out of control? Shayna, go. Um, The perfect, perfect, like, explanation for me is we were, someone saw it when we we were all hanging out Saturday night. Someone showed it to Rich who is the first person to say that's a clean hit. I don't care the result when it comes to Truba. And I always get mad at him. Like, I don't care what the rules say. That's a dirty hit. And it's always a conversation. He looks at it in one second and he goes, that should be a game or two. I don't understand how it's a fine. So if he was saying that, I hope like that can like, he was saying that, but I'm like that, that right there, I would have at least given a game. I, even if it wasn't intentional, like, do, do we care about player safety ever sometimes? Like, I don't know. 
I I heard like some saying like that should either be a fine or just a huge suspension. There's no gray like there's no middle ground for it. But I just feel like when you swing your stick like that, maybe it needs to be more than a fine. There are many things that are fines that should probably be a game or two. So maybe try that once in a while because nobody cares about these fines. Sarah, would you have given Truba more? And if so, what? I think he's the master of kind of staying within the rules, but being, I don't like this debate about him is crazy to me. Like people will get so mad at me and I'm like, no, I like the player and I don't think he breaks rules. I wonder if the rules yeah. should be changed. Like yep. this is how I feel about Truba. And I really, really like him off the ice. Love his wife, love his, um, he's like a liberal, which is okay. Like, and an okay. artist. Yeah. yeah. He, he, seems like a, he seems like a wonderful person, like in yeah. every which way off the ice. He does. Oh, true. And salute to that. I do think this was more of his agreed one of his more egregious things and if how is that hacking somebody like that not a few games I, I guess the we just need to look at the rules I keep going back to this because I do think he is a master at walking the line and that's why people love to play with him hate to play against him because they know like he's gonna crush them and it's gonna be maybe legal or something we debate and everybody lose their minds about. And he's really good at what he does. There's a reason he's the captain, but this one should have been at least two games. Like there's a difference between legal and clean. And yeah. I feel like yeah. that is the debate that I will, I will die on this hill. Like there is a difference in today's NHL. Yeah. Sorry. So there you have it. If we were in charge of player safety, there would have been more handed down. Even if we do have affection for the player, especially off ice, all right, we're going to wrap up this hockey talk with also our favorite game. It is time for Fuck, Mary Kill. And I'm going to read to y'all some stats, although I know you already know these things. Let's look at three teams. And my Fuck, Mary Kill to you is going to be who is legit hashtag back. If we look at first the Florida Panthers, they were outside a playoff position November 1st, but now only trail the Bruins by three points in the Atlantic. The Predators, who seemingly are never going to lose again, were eight points back of a playoff spot on November 17th, and now their win streak has them holding the second wild card. And then, of course, the Edmonton Oilers, who have seemingly rediscovered how to win games. Sarah, you mm -hmm. are up first. Who is legit hashtag back? Edmonton, Nashville, or Florida? I'm marrying Florida. I think they're back. I think they never left, in my opinion. And they didn't change much in the offseason. They only got another goalie. And I think they're going to be good in the playoffs. And they've I, you see how they play up to opponents, too. Like, that gives me hope. And I love watching them and the Bruins play. Like, those are, have been highly entertaining. And I just selfishly want Kachuk's team to be good because I think he's entertaining. And I think my unpopular opinion was they're going to make the playoffs this year from the start. So I'm riding that train, and I'm going to be right. I'm going to fuck the Oilers. I mean, coaching change. McDavid, when he goes on a tear, like, what are you going to do? And he is absolutely on a tear. And it seems like whatever drama he was protesting or whatever he was doing with his, like, falling off of production, he's back. 
and I'm going to kill the predators. I mean, come on, somebody has to. I want the Barry Trotz era to start cooking, and I don't want to. I mean, Luke Evangelista is really, really good, and I'm really enjoying watching him play. Soros, like, it's a shame to waste any of that talent. So at least Juice has somebody. Yossi, um, well, he's in his last years. I don't know. He's getting older. Um, it's nice to see them competitive, but like at what cost? Dana? I'm going to agree. Um, the Panthers weathered the early season storm better than I could have expected. Oliver Ekman Larson had a couple games to open the season. And I was like, this is going to be really tough with that Montour and Ekblad. And he yeah. really bounced back. Like it, it was impressive the the level he was playing with someone like Forsling. And I feel like defensively, you look at their numbers at five on five and on the penalty kill. And I'm shocked at how good they are. And I think Barkov is having like a quiet selkie season right now that should be hyped up more. And you have guys like Sam Reinhardt catching it on goals when last year they couldn't. So I think that the key, like the key elements are there. And now that they're getting healthier, they're just going to be all the more dangerous. Now they just need to do things like consistently convert on their chances, especially on the power play. Like there's work to be done there, but I just think that it was a much better start than I, any of us would have given them credit for and expected uh, the Oilers. The thing with them was like the Panthers at five and five, they just weren't cashing in on their chances. It wasn't as dire offensively as I think the score sheet sometimes showed and McDavid looks a lot healthier. I think these last five games, he's raised his level. And I think our friend Leon, bestie Leon, has been good this whole time. So um, it's just they they need work defensively. They need work in goal. That's not going to change overnight. Um, but I think once the offense can pick up, we can see them kind of outscore their problems like they did against Vegas when they almost lost the game. Like, I think that they have that in them, you know, mm -hmm. when things go a little more right than they were. The Predators, like, they've been good defensively all year. And Saros hasn't even impressed me as much as he normally does. And Phil Forsberg is absolutely positively killing it. Love him with Ryan O'Reilly. But below that offensively, I need more. I like Tommy Novak. I like Luke Evangelista. But, like, you got to do more. So I feel like they have this nice win streak, but their back is going to land them in the middle still. So that I'm underwhelmed. Y'all, yeah. we have the very rare too many men hat trick. I agree Amazing. with both of you. I have nothing. It's becoming less rare. I know. It's true. Who's to say? Who's to say? Revolution. <laughs> changing the world. One, one fuck, Mary kill at a time. That's what we do here at, at Too Many Men. All right, y'all. That's it for us this week. First and foremost, I just want to say it has been really, really awesome and cool to see so many of you not just shout out Too Many Men calls in all sports, but to see Too Many Men coming up on people's Spotify wrapped for the year it just warms our hearts. So thank you for sharing that. And we love you. Thank you for being avid listeners. And thank you for supporting us through thick and thin. It's just the best thing in the world. We appreciate you all so much. Please make sure that if you aren't already, you're following us on social. We are at two underscore much underscore man on the Twitter and the Instagram and two hyphen much hyphen man on the blue sky. If you want to sport your too many men merch, we would love to see it. Please check out TooManyMenMerch.com where you can get any sort of thing that your heart desires. New merch may even be dropping soon. Who's to say the holiday season is upon us? You never know. And until we talk again, we ask you all to please do something no matter how big or small to make sure that hockey truly is for everyone. We will talk to you soon. Love you. <laughs> oh, God, this damn dog. I am dog. Bye.